Hi, this is Tia Sirkar. I play Sabine Wren on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Twin Suns Transmission. Of course, it ends where it begins. A desert planet with twin suns. Hey, my name is Taylor Gray, and I play Ezra Bridger in Star Wars Rebels. I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Twin Suns Transmission. Here's where the fun begins. Let's make this a bit more interesting. You've taken your first step into a larger world. The garbage will do! Nothing will stand in our way. May the force be with us. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Twin Suns Transmission. I'm your host, Eric Pfeiffer, joined, as always, by Jesse Sanfilippo. Hey, guys. Welcome to episode 164, and uh, hopefully a lot of you are, are staying safe and staying indoors. We have the Blue Shadow Virus out there right now. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's, uh, obviously with this, this coronavirus thing, uh, it's crazy, Jesse. This is, I mean, I've, I've never experienced anything like this in my life before. Like, this is nuts. I know. This is definitely, it's, it's a little creepy for sure. It definitely yeah. has blue shadow virus vibes going on. Um, we're practicing social distancing as always with our podcasts. We always do them over Skype. So, Nothing's had to change too much here, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, unless the virus somehow learns how to, you know, spread through technology, you know, the interwebs, that would be freaky. But um, Separatist virus. Yeah, yeah, maybe Echo is transferring everything through using his special abilities. Um, but yeah, so hopefully everyone is staying safe, staying inside when you can. Um, I know that a lot of the governors around the, the country, um, even ours here in Illinois, are, are really pushing for a national lockdown. Um, and I know a lot of places around have, have made that a thing where, like, literally you cannot leave your house unless it's to go get, you know, an essential item that you need. So um, we'll see. We'll see if that ends up happening. Um, I know even a lot of the things that I have ordered, Jesse, like uh, the... Uh, Rise of Skywalker, right? It should be out uh, in a physical copy form by the time, uh, you know, this episode will be out by then, but um, it's going to be like a week from, about a week from when this podcast will be uh, aired. So um, I've actually got a order for Best Buy. I ordered like the big nine movie set. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. And they are doing, at Best Buy, they're doing um, like curbside pickup for that. So... Um, they keep sending out all these emails with different orders and everything, and it's crazy how long this virus can stay around, you know, in the air and on cardboard and on plastic and and everything. Um, I've got a, the Ray outfit from Inovos, the um, Jakku one, the scavenger outfit. I actually ordered that on St. Patrick's Day because they were offer, offering 25% uh, off. And I was like, heck yeah, I've been waiting to get this costume. It's like 225 bucks off. I was like, for sure. Nice. But yeah, so I'm going to have to like lice all the crap out of that uh, that cardboard box when it shows up. I but. know. It's it's so weird. There's only, only so much you can do, though. Like the yeah. more careful you are, great. But it's like I've still been getting Amazon packages to the house every day. I've been doing like pickup, like door side pickup for like any groceries or like toiletries that I need. It's like, that's like the best you can do. There's, my grandma literally told me she, she literally Lysoled a package that came to her house yesterday. And then she Lysoled the floor that the package was on after she yeah. Lysoled the package. I was like, we're going to be okay, grandma. Yeah. Just do your best. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I am... I don't know for sure how it all works. Like, I'm not a doctor. I don't know everything. But I do have um, allergy-induced asthma. And mm -hmm. so, you know, now is the time where, like, my allergies flare up. And so I have to have my inhaler around. And, um, you know, one of the side effects of this virus is, like, restricting your airflow. So it's like I'm already, you know, I already can't breathe. <laughs> so right. it's like, oh, Same gosh. here. I I know. I also have asthma and I was looking up the CDC website and I, I was all worried about my husband who's immunocompromised. And, and then I pull up the CDC website and it's like 
asthmatics, high risk, up with like elderly people. And I was like, oh, great. It's me. I <laughs> should yeah. be worried about me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully with this quarantine, everything will, will get, uh, you know, taken care of. I think with us, it's technically considered uh, shelter in place. It's not a full on quarantine. So, but I don't know about you, Justin, but I haven't been bored at my house, like between twin son stuff and book club stuff and reading and, you know, catching up on like TV shows and, you know, taking notes and getting everything ready for this. It's just been like, I, you know, the day goes by so quickly. I know it's really not been bad at all. I was, I'm, I've been on and off going to work cause I am in the animal care industry. So we're considered technically an essential business. So I've been going mm-hmm. in just in shorter bits, um, here and there, but yeah, when I've been home, like, cause I'll be home for like four days and then I'll go work like very short days for three. So like those four days, it's like, I, yeah, I, I am not mad that I'm stuck in my house. Like I, we have yeah. so much to do. I was actually, we were on like a big Skype with some of my friends and we were talking about, you know, what would this have been like if we were kids? Like when we were kids, like, yeah, we had like, we had video games, but like, what if it was like when our parents were kids or when we were real little, right? Like there, there wasn't all of this stuff. Like, yeah, we yeah. had like N64, but like, that was it. You had one game system. Yeah. And you know, a few games and we wouldn't have probably been happy just with that. But like now we have like every household has like two or three game systems, two or three streaming services. Like it's just endless content at our disposal to, to keep us entertained. So, yeah, I was just thinking about that the other day too, with my Xbox, like I can do everything on there. I watched a church sermon on there. We watched movies and like shows on there. I can play games like this. I'm surprised this thing doesn't fly. Like it does I know. everything. <laughs> so I know. let's start talking about Star Wars um, because ultimately that's what we're here for. So we got a couple pieces of Star Wars news recently, and uh, this one actually kind of goes along with everything going on uh, in the world with uh, COVID nineteen. Um, but for those of you who were going to attend the Star Wars Rival Run weekend next month in April, um, Disney has canceled that. So uh, this is essentially something that they said on the Run Disney site. In an abundance of caution, the 2020 Star Wars Rival Run weekend will be canceled. In addition, because our Run Disney races require the presence of local medical professionals and first responders to monitor and treat runners, this will free up those resources for more critical needs during this time. Um, so obviously everybody who has signed up and registered uh, will be refunded. That includes uh, running in any of the races, the commemorative merchandise, the uh, cheering squad, and all processing fees will be refunded. So um, obviously we know that the Disney parks are closed and uh, good on Disney for kind of having the foresight to just cancel everything already. So. Yeah, better safe than sorry. It's a bummer for a lot of people, but most people aren't allowed out of their houses right now, so right. it's probably to be expected. I'm getting a little worried about about celebration, though. Um, you know, it's <sighs> know. five months I, away, but still, it's like I hope that's far out enough. Like, yeah, I, we're we're you know we didn't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how all this stuff works, kind of just how what you said earlier, too. But I feel like we're acting now, flattening the curve, as they say. So hopefully by then, it, I'm sure this won't all be completely 100% over by then. But we can't, the world can't survive indoors for five months. It's, yeah. it's got to move on at some point. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. But I, I would, I, I'd say it'd be pretty safe to say that things should be all right by that enough to still have to yeah. still be going forward with some stuff. Well, if I don't work before then, that's going to be a problem too. <laughs> so. I know. I know. <laughs> we had a vacation but. coming up in May too. We were going to go, um, we were going to go to galaxy's edge and now we don't know if we're going to, cause that's yeah. like extra close. So we'll yeah. see. Definitely a bummer, but we got to get the world healthy first. So yep. we'll see what happens. We got uh, a little bit of a announcement. 
regarding yeah. Ahsoka. A maybe announcement. A probably announcement. Um, so the world seems to think, and it seems to be true, we haven't heard anything directly from Lucasfilm, no you know, Kathleen Kennedy, StarWars.com announcement, but the world seems to be convinced that Rosario Dawson has been cast to play live-action Ahsoka in The Mandalorian Season 2. So this is huge. Yeah. I mean, I really, I really, really hope this is true. Just extra because I really want Ahsoka to come into live (laughs) action. This would be like a dream come true for me and a lot of Ahsoka fans out there. Yeah. So that's incredible. I honestly, there's so much of me that thinks this is true just Mm -hmm. based on what Dave Filoni said the last time we were at last year's celebration and we had our little Soka meetup um, and he did that little speech, which we do have uh, a little bit of video that Amanda captured while we were um, all gathered for Ahsoka Lives Day of Dave kind of addressing the crowd saying that it's because of these gatherings and these like big turnouts that are always you know, Ahsoka fans are always so vocal about how much they love her. And there's always such a big turnout for her, whether it's like just hanging out for Ahsoka Lives Day or her merchandise. Whenever they put out merchandise, it always all gets like sold out right away. And he just like thanked the crowd for always showing up for Ahsoka and said that it's because of these types of gatherings and these types of showings that Ahsoka is able to continue her story. Um, So hopefully that was kind of a hint yeah this and that this is true yeah i'm really excited about it um i i have had some mixed feelings about a live action ahsoka just because she's such a beloved character of the animation you know there are so many people that just fall in love with ahsoka and like everything like you just talked about like the merchandise and and you know all these meetups such big fans of the character and then you're gonna do like a really big change you know, Ahsoka yeah. is going to be played from played by somebody other than Ashley. And I know some people are kind of, uh, I don't know if upset about it, but they would have rather had had Ashley play Ahsoka, which to me, I don't really want Ashley to play Ahsoka in live action. Um, I think Rosario Dawson looks more like Ahsoka, and I think Rosario Dawson's going to do an awesome job. Um, and that's nothing against Ashley, but, you know, Ashley's a voice actress, and she does a fantastic job with Ahsoka in the Clone Wars and in Rebels and, and everything. Um, but I don't know. I'm just, I know that there's a, a core group of people out there that are, you know, are going to be upset with the performance of Rosario. You just know that that's going to happen. It's yeah. just like when Episode Nine was coming out, it's like, you know, there's going to be a core group of people that don't like the film. It's just inevitable in these times with, you know, f- fan backlash with Star Wars. And I'm just worried that, you know, there's just going to be such a backlash with it. But, you know, to me, I love all of Star Wars. I'm excited for it. And I just, I really don't want to see those stupid fan petitions about make Ashley Ahsoka or, you know, something stupid like that, which I feel like is going to happen. No, it will. It always does. I mean, as someone who is a huge Ahsoka fan, Ahsoka is my absolute all-time favorite Star Wars character. Ahsoka is pretty much the reason that I'm into Star Wars as an adult, because Clone Wars got me back into Star Wars. And Ashley Eckstein is my idol. I love her. I love everything she does. I look up to her in every way, shape, or form. Absolutely adore her. Would I love for her to be able to continue to be Ahsoka in live action? Like, yes, I would would love that. But, But I think you're right. I think Rosario does look a lot more like Ahsoka and I, as like you said Ashley's a voice actor I just want them to pick the best person to play live action Ahsoka not the best not the best person right. to necessarily like who we think of as Ahsoka and we only think of her as Ahsoka so much because she's so active in the community and and that's cool and that's great and that you know makes Ashley the amazing person that she is but I don't. I just think that we, you just want the best actress, live action actress, you can have. Yeah. In order to make it work, and Ashley doesn't have a lot of live acting 
experience like that. Right. So I just, I just, I trust them to have picked the best person they could pick to, to make that transition. And, you know, I've, I've, we've loved everything that's come from Dave Filoni and, um, John Favreau. John Favreau so far, and we don't have a reason not to trust them. So yeah, I feel like I'll take Ahsoka any way they want to give her to me, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I am very excited about it. And if she's if she's truly going to be in the second season, I think it's, uh, you know, if, if you have Ahsoka and you have the Mandalorian, like, together, Din Djarin, together with Baby Yoda, mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be awesome. Um, so... I think it's the perfect place if like if you are going to bring Ahsoka into live action I don't I don't see it coming out like starting out as like a movie you know like Mm -hmm. not enough not enough people are like that into not enough like how did I say it like the the general public that you would need to come out to see a movie to make it worth making a big Disney blockbuster movie not enough people know Ahsoka that well right. or care about Ahsoka like like we do or like people who really love the Clone Wars and, and watch the Clone Wars. There's a lot of huge Star Wars fans out there that still haven't watched the Clone Wars. I talk to them every day, yeah. tell them to watch the Clone Wars. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, everybody loves the Mandalorian. Everyone yeah. is watching the Mandalorian. So if you want Ahsoka to be more widely known and more widely loved to get to the point where maybe she one day could have a whole live action movie series about just Ahsoka, then this is the way for that stepping stone to get her into the mass public um, view. And I feel like, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say something else. No, I, I just, I also feel like it just goes with that theme that I can't get out of my head that I keep saying over and over and over again on this podcast of this theme of, children in the force and how closely tied Ahsoka has seemed to be to that. Um, especially in the Ahsoka novel and everything, it would just make perfect sense for her to help the Mandalorian on this quest to help baby Yoda. Yeah. And if you think about the timeline, so we have, we know that rebels ends where Ahsoka's there and she goes and sees Sabine, who by the way is also a Mandalorian. So maybe if we get a live action Ahsoka, we'll also get a live action Sabine because Ahsoka is with Sabine and Sabine is a Mandalorian and the show is the Mandalorian. So I don't know. I think it, it would be a cool place to kind of introduce both of those, you know, characters, the beloved characters from Lucasfilm Animation, but who knows? Um, and as far as you talking about, like, the movie, uh, you know, potentially introducing Ahsoka in live action for the future movie, potentially, um, I wasn't even thinking about that, but I think that's a good idea. Um, I was actually thinking more of her own live action show on Disney+, Plus, like a series. That'd be cool, too. But, yeah, I mean, either one works. So, fingers crossed that it's legit. It sounds like it's going to be. And uh, it'll be exciting to see Ahsoka Tano, played by Rosario Dawson, uh, in our living room's live action. That'll be pretty awesome. So. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the last two episodes of Star Wars, The Clone Wars Season 7. And uh, we have the fourth episode that we're going to be talking about, Jesse. And uh, we actually thought the last time that we were recording that the arc was over. Like, it seemed like a good ending point. And now we have the fourth and final episode of the Bad Batch arc titled Unfinished Business. And uh, what do you think of this arc? Or what do you? Th- well, I guess the arc in total, but the episode more importantly. Um, this episode, like you said, I was shocked that we were still, you know, here um, and with Echo. But um, I really love the Bad Batch. Um, they're so much fun. I love that we got to get to know them so well. Um, and and this this episode really showed how where Echo's place is going to be um, and and what Echo's value is going to be now um, to the Republic. So I, I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it. I love seeing Echo back in action and his new design that he has for his armor mm-hmm. um, is really cool and also kind of creepy. 
<laughs> yeah, when he walked out in his armor, I was so excited though. And then you see his helmet, and his helmet's got a really cool design. Um, and as I watched it um, through multiple times again, um, I noticed that we sort of got a little foreshadowing in the scene where Echo walks out. Because if you notice, like, the leftmost part of his armor, like on his chest plate, he has that skull. It's like a red skull. And that yep. is on all the Bad Batch armor some way, shape, or form. Um, yep. And so they were kind of showing us right away that Echo is going to be part of this Bad Batch crew, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and he fits in, you know? And even, we'll talk about this later, but that last scene with Rex, it was it was pretty emotional, I think. Yeah, it was. When I, when I first saw that skull, I just thought to myself, oh, that's to symbolize him, like, basically coming back from the dead. And it wasn't until he was, like, walking away from Rex at the end and walking towards, like, Hunter and all of them. And I saw it again on, like, Hunter's bandana. And I was like, oh, my gosh. He, like, yeah, he totally fits in with all of them. And they all have that design. It took me until then <laughs> to yeah. notice it when he was walking away. Well, let's talk a little bit about Echo and his abilities. And he's kind of scary, what he can do. I mean, yeah. literally, he just plugs into the ship and convinces the droids that they're a separatist ship, you know. And granted, it's just battle droids and they're stupid. But still, that's <laughs> that's a really powerful thing to do. Um, he also convinces Trench's army to do what he wants. I mean, he can basically control everything with his arm, you know. Yeah, he's literally 50% droid now, which was pretty creepy. It, it was... It was interesting to see him plug into everything, which is something so droid-like, but then, like, completely retain his full personality and didn't give much room to question if he was going to, you know, not be his normal Echo self, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, and that's something that we talked a little bit about on our last episode, you know, is Echo going to be a liability now because he had said... Um, that part of his brain was still, you know, he, he had separatist information in his brain and, you know, the way the separatists were talking, it's like, oh, geez, hopefully he, he doesn't, you know, like a, a wire doesn't come loose. And then all of a sudden he's like this crazy savage echo that like, you know, still is loyal to the separatists unwillingly, you know, somehow. Yeah. Um, and even the clones, like I remember tech saying something about being a little bit you know, questioning his loyalty and, you know, right. it's nothing against Echo, but, you know, when you're part of the, you know, the separatists, you know, algorithm and, and things like that, it's just like, yikes, you know, but yeah, it's, he came it's through. A little, he did. He came through and he's, he's like, if you watch the Bad Batch work and you see how effective and, and just crazy powerful they are and you think about now adding echo and his abilities to that group like they're going to be unstoppable yeah yeah hopefully we get to see them again if there's you know another huge battle like maybe the the mandalore stuff at the end of the season mm -hmm. you know it'll be cool to maybe they'll come back for that that'd be awesome maybe all right, uh, let's talk a little bit about Trench. Now, Trench has been a character, so we originally got him in Season 2 in an episode called Cat and Mouse, and then we saw him later on in The Lost Mission, Season 6, um, with the in the Fives arc where Tup uh, turned on his Jedi General. Uh, so we've seen him, you know, starting Season 2 all the way through Season 6. Uh, those are the only two episodes he was in, though. Um, but he's been a character that definitely sticks out in your mind. Um, you know, even Amanda, while we were watching through Clone Wars again, she's just like, I hate him. I hate his noises that he makes. He's literally a giant spider. Like, he just, I don't like him, you know. He's um, very creepy. Half droid spider, cyborg spider. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't always that way, though. He got blasted by that missile in the season two, so... He's, yeah, he's pretty gross looking. Um, <laughs> but if you remember from season two, and it was actually Admiral Yularen that figured out it was Trench and, and how smart Trench actually was. He was able to beat some of these cloaked ships, um, you know, and that was something that was very impressive 
uh, at the time. And um, now it seems like he's more reliant on Echo. He was more reliant on the algorithm than he was his own strategic abilities. And I think ultimately that was his downfall, you know? Yeah, it definitely was. You think part of his cyborg brain that got blasted out of him. Yeah. He lost some of that strategic ability. (laughs) Yeah. It's almost like, I don't know. I think it was, it might, it might not even be in Star Wars anywhere, but I remember thinking like, you know, with the blast shield down, I can't even see how am I supposed to fight? Like you use your feelings, trust your instincts, things like that. But then also don't forget to use your eyes. You know, when you're out there, don't forget to use your (laughs) eyes. And I think, you know, Trench got so comfortable with his feelings, using his instincts with, you know, having that be echo and he's not actually using his eyes, thinking on his own and doing his own thing. So I don't know, just kind of how I thought of it. But um, yeah, I mean, we see at the end with Anakin, um, which was honestly my favorite part of the whole episode, just because I love Anakin. I think Anakin's awesome. Um, When he's face to face with Trench, you know, and this is yeah. Anakin was the Jedi that was flying the cloaked ship in season two that Trench was trying to destroy, and so you know it was a mind game, Anakin versus Trench, and now they're face to face, and obviously Anakin's got the advantage in that situation, um, but there was some foreshadowing with Anakin's dark side nature again, and I love seeing this this development in Anakin's character. Yeah. Anakin like walked in and you just saw it in your face. You're like, oh, he's gonna just wreck this guy. He's he's gonna totally use his darkness to to get whatever he wants right now. You could just see it in his face before he even did anything. Yeah. He looked like super dark and scary. And Trench was like, oh, I'm fine. You're a Jedi. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> Anakin's like, I don't have such weaknesses. Yeah. You know, it was, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. Just dismantled him. Yeah. So, you know, you have another separatist admiral from season two, all the way back in season two that bites it in this season, which is cool. Um, The Bad Batch, obviously, Wrecker, he kind of reminded me of Poe, just wanting to blow everything up all the time. Oh, yeah, he is. Why can't we just blow it up? <laughs> um, I thought that was pretty funny. I also thought uh, it made me laugh when Mace tried to reason with the droids, and he's like, "You don't know how many of you guys I've taken out," and you know. I know. They all listen I, to him. Like they they like listen to him. <laughs> yeah. I'm. I think it's funny that he's like calculated about how many of specifically B ones. That he's taken down yeah. <laughs> over the years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For a minute, that reminded me of, um, I mean, I haven't seen the micro series in like years since you showed it to me mm-hmm. um, years ago. But I feel like that reminded me of a scene from that. Doesn't he like take out like yeah. a bazillion <laughs> yeah. droids like all by himself? Yeah. I literally like laughed when that came up. I was like, oh my God, they're going to do the scene from the micro series. <laughs> But then he just gave them a lecture. Everything in the micro series is so over the top. Like all of the Republic gunships that fly out of the, you know, the Republic cruisers, there's like a thousand of them. You know, there wouldn't be a thousand Republic gunships. Like, like, yeah, everything was so over the top. But, you know, it was awesome for that reason. Um, But yeah, so let's talk a little bit about that final scene. So obviously Echo decides to join the Bad Batch. He has his little salute at the end. And there's that conversation between him and Rex. You know, if this is truly where you feel like you belong, then that's where you should go. You know, and I think Rex throughout this entire time, his dedication and his perseverance, you know, his stubbornness not to give up on Echo. And then he finally is able to just like let him go, even though he's alive and he knows he's alive and it's a kind of a different situation. I thought it was really um, a moment of growth for Rex, you know, with his feelings on Echo. Yeah, it definitely was. It was it was a little bittersweet. He gets him back and then he sort of loses him again right away in a way. Um, 
but have you watched at all the the little clips on starwars.com called clone wars download where they like kind of go behind the scenes and no talk about it a little bit i just discovered them today so i haven't watched any of the other ones for the last episodes we've talked about but i watched them for these two um and Dave Filoni is in there and talks a little bit about each of these episodes. And I thought what he said was pretty interesting about that part. He said basically that Echo, he thinks that some of like the regs would not have maybe accepted Re- Echo as like a half clone, half yeah, droid. He kind true. of like half represents everything that they stand against, basically. Um, so I guess, yeah. you know, Rex probably it has a little bit of that foresight too and and knows that he would be better off with these guys and be more feel more of like that brotherhood again that he might not be able to feel with the rest of the regs yeah well i think this was a fantastic episode to end the arc the bad batch arc and um you know we we haven't had clone wars for such a long time and you finally bring it back and it's called the Clone Wars, so we get to see these clones in action. And uh, this was a great first arc of the season, I think, to really show us where we are in the war and to show the clones uh, in their spotlight. And uh, you know, I think it was great to get Rex back and and you know, to see the clones do their thing. Um, any final thoughts on unfinished business before we go on to the next episode? Um, no, I really enjoyed it. I, like you said, I, I love getting into these clones and getting to, to know them um, more individually. I feel like I know Echo better than I ever did in the first place <laughs> Yeah. from just these episodes. So I'm really mm-hmm. glad to have gotten so much on him and to have a whole new batch of clones that I think might be some of my new favorites. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's go on and talk about the next episode, episode five of season seven, Gone with a Trace. And I think this is a moment that a lot of people have been waiting for. We get Ahsoka Tano back in the Clone Wars, and I was so excited to see her. I mean, even her look, she's got her new outfit, like her features seemed like she's grown a little bit, you know? Um, And so I'm excited to see where this all goes. Um, one thing I did see online, though, unfortunately, is that people were kind of bashing this episode for a few reasons. Um, mm. Basically, like, oh, this episode did not do anything for the story. We only get 12 episodes in this final season, and we wasted one on Ahsoka chasing a droid through the streets. And, you know, it's like, oh, geez, like, come on. <laughs> like People need to calm down. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what do you want her to fight Maul in the first episode that she's in? Like, right. You know? This is Ahsoka decompressing from Mm -hmm. what she's experienced with the Jedi Order. She needs time to figure out, you know, what life is like without the Jedi. And that's what this episode is. And there's multiple times in this episode where you can just see it in her eyes where she's like looking back up and it almost looks like she's contemplating whether or not she made the right choice and is like doesn't really know how she's going to make it down here. She has no idea yep. what life is like down here. I think we totally needed this episode to kind of see Ahsoka in this weird transition. It would be so it wouldn't have made any sense to just pop her have her just walk right back into Anakin and be like, "Hey master, give me my lightsabers. Let's go fight Maul." Like that's not what anyone right. would have wanted. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I 100% agree with you in everything that you just said. Um, I think it was it was imperative that we see Ahsoka adapt from her temple life as a Jedi to where she is now. And I think, you know, she needed that adaptation. She needs to we need to see that transition from temple life to, you know, surviving in the underworld. Um, the lower levels of Coruscant, you know, this was to show that transition. And if you remember at the end of season five, when Anakin and Ahsoka have that conversation and Anakin's like, Ahsoka, you're making a big mistake. And she's like, maybe, maybe, but I have to sort this out on my own. I need to figure this out on my own. And that's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing, like you said, her looking up topside, looking from the bottom up. That is, did I make the right choice? 
she's yeah. com- contemplating that. And I think it's imperative that we see this stuff, you know? Yeah. And she's, I feel like we always see her as that like beacon of hope and it's so easy to turn to her for that, but she's in that she's in a time in her life where she doesn't probably have a whole lot of hope and is just feeling lost. So I feel like she needs to, to find her way down Mm -hmm. here before she can have the confidence to, to walk back into the order and help them with whatever they need. Yeah. And if you notice, she was on level 1313, at least that's where she starts. Um, and you know, I don't know if they go from level to level throughout the episode, but 1313 is, um, the level they were going to make a game out of, uh, Star Wars 1313, and then that got canned. Um, but it's close to where she was with the nanodroids too. I think it was 1312 or somewhere around there with the nanodroids in season five where she gets framed by, okay. uh, So she's in similar some on a similar similar level um to where she was so it's kind of cool to see her back down there um and i don't know how you felt about it and i know this was an adjustment for ashley but she went from being the snippy snips you know in clone wars and then she had to sort of change gears switch gears to older ahsoka where she's you know more matured and she's more calculative and she's you know wiser in rebels and so Mm -hmm. then you go from that back to you know the younger ahsoka and so you have to kind of switch your thought process when you're doing the voice and stuff and while watching this i was paying attention to that and it seemed like she had a good mix of both like she still had her young like you know, screaming moments where she was, you know, riding the speeder down that was about to crash. Um, And then when talking to uh, Trace, she sort of had that more, like, wise, calm, you know, demeanor about her. And I think it was was great to kind of see that that bridge between the two. Yeah, no, I I really thought it was a perfect mix. She's still that young Ahsoka that we left off with in season five. But she has like a seriousness to her just because of the situation she's she's in. It's not even necessarily right now that she's like matured yet because I think she's still working on that. And it's just like she's like in a tough situation. And this is like that that growth kind of like into that serious voice that we see later in Rebels. Um, and Ashley talked about that a little bit in the uh, the Clone Wars download on starwars.com she talked about how she had to like go back and watch a bunch of season five and like literally get her voice back into that place because she said she was so used to doing rebels ahsoka that it took her a while to like to to get back and find that balance in between the two yep 100 percent, and i think she nailed it i think she did a great job um Let's talk about some of the new characters that we get in this episode. We get Trace and Rafa Martez. So what do you think about these new additions to the story? I really, really loved them. Trace is like the perfect, good-hearted, genuine person for Ahsoka to run into um, to like spark her hope and make her feel like, you know, maybe she can make it down there. Um, I feel like that's kind of what Trace did for her. And then Rafa is just, I love Rafa. She's like, really? Yeah, I love her. <laughs> she I seems know, like a snake. I know. I, but like, okay, so this is why I love her. Number one, the voice actress. Uh-huh. Um, I, I wrote her name down. Where is it? Um, Elizabeth Rodriguez. I love her voice. <laughs> okay. She, it's, I, it, like her performance, something about her performance, just voice acting in, in this episode. I don't know. It made me really love this character. Um, she's, it's like she has no choice but to be bad. Or at least that's how she feels. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like she's, I don't know. I just I just thought she was very charming and likable. And that's kind of that like like sleazy like snake quality you know where it's like a con artist they kind She'd of be have a to Slytherin. be charming yeah <laughs> they have to be charming they have to be likable to 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 keep other con work and to keep money rolling in um yeah but she really cares about trace and i feel like everything she does 
she does because she feels that's the only way to take care of her sister and she doesn't know any other way to do that um and she's always like like ahsoka will like make her you know because ahsoka doesn't approve of the way everything's going down because ahsoka right now is in this very self-righteous like jedi mindset and they're just kind of like i don't know what you're talking about lady but this is the only way we get things done down here um, and, and Trace seems a little bit uncomfortable with it, but Rafa's always, even when like, she never explains herself to Ahsoka. Ahsoka will be calling her out and she's like, I don't have to explain myself to you, but she turns and explains herself to Trace all the time. It's like, I have to do this. You, this is what we need to, to live and, and things will get better. And I don't know. I think she is a good person in a bad situation and doesn't know any other way. And I feel like there's potential for maybe Ahsoka to help them find a better way to survive down there. Yeah, see, here's my thing with Rafa. I think Trace is fine, but there's there's something that just doesn't sit right with me with Rafa, and I don't think she's going to, like, betray everybody and become this, like, big villain or anything like that. But um, if you remember when Ahsoka flies down there and her speeder's all messed up and, and you know, Trace is like, well, you know, I can help you, but I'll have to charge you. And Ahsoka's like, I don't have enough money. And Trace was like, yeah, no one has a lot of money down here. And then if you think about what Trace, uh, uh, Rafa's wearing, she's wearing like this big, like nice, like fur coat. It looks like it's a fur coat anyway. Um, and you know, she obviously is doing some crazy things to get money and she gives Trace some of it. Like she gave Trace, I don't know how much, how many credits she gave her, but like, it seems to me that like out of, she charged that dude double for those droids and she gave Trace a couple tokens, a couple credits, you know? So it seems like, it seems like Trace does all this work. Rafa keeps the majority of the money and buys herself like really nice clothing and things like that i mean honestly the coat that i saw trace wearing was like it looked like hondo's jacket like a the the jacket (laughs) of a pirate like it had the same color color scheme and everything and um and it really seemed like to me that trace or that uh rafa while she cares about her sister will not see any other viewpoint besides her own and ahsoka even says that she's like do you ever get a say when it comes to rafa and maybe ahsoka if they you know continue to be friends and continue to work together will be able to sort of exploit that weakness with um with rafa just you know being able to see multiple points of view but i don't know it seemed it seemed like like rafa was out for herself that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see it that way at all. And I didn't even like I, I'm even looking at Rafa's coat right now. And I don't think I'm perceiving it the same way as you are. I see it as like a matted like coat that she found that like makes her feel like maybe she, you know, has that edge, that like piratey, like you were saying, edge. But it's also like kind of like matted and old looking. Mm. And like kind of like it's kind of like tattery and like packed together fur. It doesn't look like nice and like fluffed out like a real like fur coat, like a fancy one would be to me at least. So I I feel like maybe she just sees it as, you know, that, that older sister, younger sister, like here's your here's your little cut. But I'm running this thing. I need to, you know. But she doesn't even give Trace like any say in it. She's like, oh, well, I'll have no, my she- person like go in the back and do stuff and she's like who are you talking about she's like don't worry about it (laughs) and then it's like oh i have to do this now and then when the droids go flying down the street rafa stands there while the other two have to go get it like what does rafa do like she just right you know she is she's not yeah she has some growth i hope we get to see it i I, she has some um, some growing to do for sure um i do hope we get to see it and um not to keep bringing up the Clone Wars download on StarWars.com, but Dave Filoni said something really cool in there um, that I think explains those two characters really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of said that they both represent... Um, here, let me pull up the exact quote that he said because I'm going to butcher it. And he, you know, everything that comes out of Dave Filoni's mouth is gold. So... <laughs> um, 
Oh, I don't have the quote on this one. I have it on something else. But anyways, he basically said that Trace and Rafa represent two different possibilities of who Ahsoka could be at this time in her life. There's two different roads. There's two different roads she can go down. There's like she said, he said that Trace represents kind of that younger side of Ahsoka that just has good intentions and is a little bit naive and um, like represents that kind of younger, more innocent side of Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. And then he says Rafa kind of represents like the bitter and dark personality that Ahsoka could potentially grow into. I mean, we know she doesn't go down that path just because we've seen her future already. But that's like at this time in her life, that is if she makes the wrong turns or the wrong choices, that is the kind of person she could very easily become just being bitter and you know, angry with the Jedi and getting mixed in with the wrong crowd and, and making bad decisions. Yeah, especially in the location that she's at now. She probably right. can't afford to get another ship to go to a different planet. Like she can't go back to where her people are or anything like that just because where she's at um, and, you know, financially. Um, but she is on, in the lower levels of Coruscant and there's a lot of scumbags down there. So, yep. Um yeah, definitely. And speaking of the lower levels of Coruscant, one thing that I really thought was interesting was the way that Trace talks about the Jedi. You know, even on yeah. Coruscant, you think about, like, on top side, like, everyone everyone seems to like the Jedi, you know? Like, they're the peacekeepers, and they're, you know, they're, the, you know, the guardians of justice. And then you have down in the lower levels, you have Trace basically saying that the Jedi started the war and they aren't what she thought they'd be. So I thought that was interesting to hear from somebody on the same planet, on on the capital planet of the Republic, talking this way about the Jedi. Yeah, and you can see, like, Ahsoka is very quick to... She, like, attempts to kind of defend the Jedi, you know, to kind of explain, like... Oh no, no, they're they're not starting the war, um, but then she like falters really quick and and decides to say nothing else about it because I mean she's been questioning the Jedi herself, so right. now she's getting to hear how regular people in society feel about them, and I think she's kind of shocked, but yeah, but she, I think she's gonna come to understand it pretty quickly since she already was kind of disillusioned. Yeah. I just feel so bad for Ahsoka. She's got so much on her plate right now, you know? She's she's yeah. in a tough spot, but she's resilient. And she'll be able to get through it, so. But that little moment, too, it really, like, is eye-opening to a lot of questions that we've had about the galaxy in general over time. Like, when you talk about, like, when we talk about into the future, when Jedis are now a legend and nobody really understood who they were or if they really existed and we always questioned like how could that be how could it have gotten so far in such a generally short amount of time for people to like have completely forgot about an entire you know huge group of people um yeah i feel like we ask ourselves that questions a lot and this is kind of explains that like they're not very present in those people's in generally people's lives um and this was the quote that i actually did say from dave filoni where he said um that the jedi don't even realize that most of what they're doing is not helping the average person the average person has no contact with the jedi knight the average person doesn't really know what they do and from afar it can seem like they're not actually doing a lot to help them so I feel like that explains a lot in yeah. how people just end up forgetting about them. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. And if you think about how Ahsoka was acting throughout this episode, knowing that Trace had these feelings about the Jedi, it seemed like Ahsoka could have solved a lot of her problems by using the Force to catch this droid or put it the push the button or, you know, use the force to run faster, jump higher, or, you know, throw their straining bolt on it or, or whatever. Um, and even at the end where the speeder is about to go over the edge, she resorts to getting the clip, like the little yeah. like 
clip first. She doesn't use the force. That's not her first thing. That's not the first choice of, you know, a uh, saving attempt. Um, and so it seems like she was really trying to use the force as a last resort. Yeah, she was definitely hiding it. I mean, who knows? Like, it, just being like a force user down there, and especially looking the way she looks, like a young, scrawny little girl, like a lot of people could try to take advantage of of her, and she could get you know recruited to be like the the what do you call it the guy that comes and makes you collect your money, the muscle <laughs> for some like gang or something if she's yeah. not careful. So. so Thankfully, I think just that little uh, Twilight kid was the only one that saw her use the force. So, yeah. Well, speaking of the muscle coming to collect money, we saw in this episode Ahsoka take down a couple goons, um, and I was like, "Oh, geez, Clone Wars, we're really going here." She kicks a dude in the where you shouldn't be kicked. You know, <laughs> I was like, "Holy yeah. crap!" I guess this is where we're going. <laughs> But yeah, that was that was quite the quite the kick, Ahsoka. It um, was. Yeah. I loved her little like it just seemed so effortless. Like she's so like light on her feet and she's just like throwing mm-hmm. her arms here and legs there and just like, okay, I'm done. Like just like so effortless but like yeah. so powerful at the same time. Yeah. Ahsoka is definitely a high quality combatant. And, um, you know, we got to see that for sure. But one of my favorite parts and favorite quotes uh, or favorite, you know, back and forth conversations was uh, this that one thing, the one line where Trace says, where'd you learn to fight like that or whatever? And she's like, oh, uh, my older brother taught me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, just kill me now. It's fine. I know. I literally almost cried just because of that one line. I was like, oh, that's heart wrenching. Yep. I love yep. it, though. Mm-hmm. It definitely, like, Clone Wars, because there are so many seasons and because we have this character development and we've seen that growth from Ahsoka being the snippy little Padawan that, you know, does her own thing and, you know, just talks back and has attitude to somebody who's trained under Anakin and has developed herself into this, you know, like you said, f- like, favorite character for a lot of fans. Um, you know, just... One simple lines like that will get to you. Yeah. So, um, I love this episode. I thought there were a lot of cool takeaways. Um, and to me, the message seemed like help people, helping people is the right thing to do. You know, if you can help somebody, you should. And I think now, especially with everything that's going on in the world, I think it was a really cool message to see, uh, in this, in this episode. I agree. And it, It kind of goes, I don't know the exact quote, but it was one of those little, um, you know how in the beginning of every episode, there's a little, you know, feel good quote about, you know, whatever the theme of the episode is going to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's that one where it says, no matter, it's like never give up hope, no matter how dark things may seem. I don't know if that's the exact quote or not, but I feel like it's a favorite one of a lot of people's. And this episode, I feel like reminded me of that particular Clone Wars quote more than anything, because Ahsoka seems to be, you know, on and off, you know, battling with her own like sense of hope and sense of direction. And it's the little things that seem to keep her going. Like she keeps stopping and, and looking to the sky, like we were talking about and thinking, and then Trace fixes her bike for her and just like out of a kindness and for free. And, and then Ahsoka's like, okay, I'm back in it. Like I can keep going. I can move. It's like those little things in, in life that you have to look to for hope sometimes when, when things are really dark. Yeah. And what I really admire about Ahsoka is, I mean, if you think about what she's done and what her abilities allow her to be able to do, Ahsoka could Jedi mind trick somebody. She could break into a, you know, a shop and take a bike but she pays for what she can afford and it's really admirable you know just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should do it she still has those values and the morals so that's cool yeah i agree 
All right, well, this was the first episode of A New Arc, so we'll see what happens as we continue on with Clone Wars. We have five episodes down, which means we have seven more, so we're coming up on being halfway done already with the new season, which is kind of upsetting. It's gone way too fast. It always goes too fast, definitely with The Mandalorian as well. Um, but I'm very excited to continue to talk about the Clone Wars as we continue on with episodes of Twin Suns Transmission. Um couple things before we go one we are continuing on with our book club book we are just about done with alphabet squadron you can expect next week uh for us to at least be recording an episode i don't know if it'll be out right away um but we'll be trying to get an episode uh of the twin sons book club podcast out uh discussing um alphabet squadron by alexander freed which will be very exciting and then um we'll probably have another episode of tst here in a few weeks probably gonna be a few weeks out um unless there's some kind of like major news announcement or something um but yeah so pretty exciting for what's coming up with twin sons and then uh piggybacking off the book club stuff we are going to be doing queen's shadow for the month of april so i know that uh i think amazon is kind of like setting aside all non-essential item orders um but if you do find yourself out and about at target or walmart maybe take a quick quick stroll down the book aisle and see if you can pick it up if you don't already own it um that one's by ek johnston it's going to be about padme so that'll be pretty exciting i know you've read that one already right yes i have i really i really love that book i'm, I'm excited to reread it again honestly um it really made me fall in love with padme and and I, I mean, I've always loved Padme. She's a super strong, cool female character. But, but this book really delves into everything. It makes you love her so much more. I don't want to give anything away because it's, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And um, we did a live video the other day on Twin Sons Outpost. And essentially why we're reading these two books, we, uh, with Alphabet Squadron, we have a sequel coming out uh, in a couple months, hopefully, if everything's still on schedule. Um, and that is uh, Shadow Fall. And then we have the sequel to Queen's Shadow called Queen's Peril coming out as well. So we want to make sure that for our book club and our book club members, we get these two books under our belt so we're prepared for the new books coming out in the upcoming months. So, um, of course, if you are a fan of The Rise of Skywalker, we're going to be having that coming out on DVD for physical copies. Um, if you've pre-ordered it, uh, it should ship to your house. Um, that should still be a go from your, um, you know, big box stores. Um, and also, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the art of The Rise of Skywalker also comes out that day. So that's always uh, one of my favorite books to pick up whenever new movies come out. I think that'll pretty much do it for this episode, Jesse. So before we go, where can people find us on social media? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under the handle at Twin Sons Outpost. All right, and if you're looking for places to listen to us, you can find us on our website, which is www.twinsonsoutpost.com. Click on the podcast tab on the left-hand side. You'll find all of our episodes there. You can also find us on the Star Wars podcast app through the Google Play Store and on iTunes. And if you enjoyed this episode and you think we're pretty wizard, go ahead and give us a good review on iTunes. Thanks so much for listening to episode 164 of Twin Suns Transmission. For everyone here at Twin Suns, thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. And as always, may the Force be with you. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall, Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels. You've been listening to Twin Suns Transmission, an exciting show where sand gets everywhere. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Twin Suns Podcast Network. May the Force be with you, always. Hailmaster, Tatooine. It's controlled by the Hut.
I'll beat you to rendezvous point on Halloween. I'm doing my best to make a